I'm Amanda Brady. Welcome to the Be The Good Podcast. Hi guys, I am here with Rochelle and Rochelle and I met through the pageant a couple years back. Her title, she actually won the Mrs. Utah American title for 2020 and that's how I have gotten to know her. But I want to introduce her and I want to talk about how she is showing up to be the good. So Rochelle, tell us a little bit about yourself and then tell us what what it is that you're working on. Okay, you're so sweet for having me on here and I'm so excited. <laughs> so yeah, like you said, I was Mrs. Utah American in 2020. It was the first pageant I ever did. So I was super excited that I walked away with the title. And then went on to nationals in Las Vegas and came out first runner up. Yes. Um, yes. Out of 49 women, which was also an incredible experience. Um, been married for almost 15 years. I've got five kids. Um, just super busy with home life, family life. Um, I have a little side business. It's called Feels Like Home Organization. Um, but I only do that kind of in my spare time when the family and everyone's taken care of. Yeah. Um, and then I spend a lot of time volunteering at my kids' schools, which I love. I love being kind of hands-on in my kids' schools. And um, when I was Mrs. Utah American, I my platform that I did was titled Inspire to, um, Inspire to Empower. And so with that, how it started out was I, I'm on the PTA. I'm on the community council. I volunteer in my kids' schools. I'm actually getting prepped right now to be PTA president at my daughter's um, junior high next year, which is going to be a big undertaking, but I'm super excited about. Um, so I, when I was doing all this volunteer work and helping, it really shed a light on issues that are <clears throat> that our children struggle with in schools with learning and making friends and coming into their own and I had a son who was struggling a lot with reading and when those struggles kind of uh, presented themselves, I had to take advantage of a lot of resources that the school provided. And before I had these issues with my son, I never knew the resources that were available. And as as I was using them, I was kind of confused of like, you know, why do most parents not know about this? And I talked to other parents and they were also unaware of these resources. And so I was like, you know, we got to do, we got to do better about advertising them and talking about them, especially as parents who are using these resources, you know, bring it up in discussions, talk about it, you know, own the struggle and that what you're doing to make it better, because there might be somebody who's struggling just like you with their child and they may need help, but not even knowing that there is so much you can take advantage of that the school takes care of a lot of times free or very inexpensive to get your child the help that they need a lot of times in the school, not, you know, outside of the school, they have a lot of in-house resources. And unfortunately during uh, my reign, COVID hit. And so we couldn't be in schools. You couldn't go to schools and volunteer and do all that stuff. And so we kind of had to switch gears a little bit. So I kind of wanted to broaden it and make it not just about our youth, but empowering ourselves, um, with whatever struggles we might be having, what's going on in our lives, being more open and honest with it. I'm somebody who has struggled on and off since I was a teenager with social anxiety and not really having the best 
self-esteem. And usually when I talk about it, you know, people get shocked and, you know, in disbelief, which is the most case for most people who open up about that because, of, you know, you don't, people, if you don't talk about it a lot, you, you have no idea what's kind of going on in somebody's head. Right. And the more I talked about it, the more people I was connecting with and the more people were opening up to me. And it was so inspiring and empowering to me to, to kind of own who I was and be okay with it. And there's definitely a domino effect that happens when we're open about who we are and what we're struggling with and talking about, you know, what's helping us because you never know who's listening or watching and you're inspiring those and giving others permission to do the same with their own selves. Yes, that is, I understand the whole switching gears thing because for schools, COVID was a huge, huge, I mean, just concrete brick wall. Oh, yes. That really, really did some damage in our schools. So now that COVID is done, though, how are you serving? How are you continuing this on? So I still do a lot in my kids' school. That's where I feel like I'm the most needed and I'm the most um, productive and can make the most difference. Unfortunately, after COVID, because, um, you know, school shut down. And then when we did open back up, you know, teachers and principals and PTAs, they're really struggling getting the parents back in to the schools to help and to volunteer Mm. and to give the kids the attention and the resources that they need. I know personally in our school since this happened, because, you know, families went on about their business. They kind of got used to the new, new normal of being in their house and putting their focus elsewhere. And now that we're kind pretty much back to normal where schools are completely open and all that here in Utah, uh, they're still finding that struggle that they, they're lacking the manpower of getting the volunteers in there. I mean, not just teach, teacher shortages, but volunteer shortages. Yeah. And so when I'm there, you know, a lot, you know, the PTA and the, the principals are definitely feeling that pressure um, of not having a lot of people there to help. There's, there's, so, there's so much manpower shortages everywhere right now um, because of COVID. And so for me, it's, you know, I, I, I do my best to help wherever I can, but as of right now, I, I, I try to be as present as I can in my kids' school. I actually just got done putting on the book fair at my kids' school, elementary school, and putting on four different events for them to get them in the schools, get them excited and trying to find volunteers was not an easy task because people are just, you know, they're living their own lives and they, you know, COVID kind of put people in these bubbles and I can tell we're really having a hard time busting out of those bubbles again. But also on top of that, being, um, uh, being very present in my school, in my kids' schools, you know, since doing pageantry and networking with so many people and um, getting so inspired by other people's stories and realizing how good it really does feel to not think about yourself and to give back and focus on, you know, what you can do for other people and lift the burdens of others. And three years ago, I had a close friend um, have quadruplets. And she went from three kids to seven kids, obviously a huge, (laughs) huge, yeah, Yeah. a huge undertaking for, I mean, obviously a blessing, but a very big undertaking financially, emotionally, everything. And for the last three years, I've actually gone over every single week to help that family in any way 
that they can just to to lighten their burden with whatever I can, whether it's doing dishes, doing baths, um, you know, feeding the kids, running errands, babysitting, anything like that. And, you know, it's it, it it's a it's a big task, obviously. But I love the connection that it's made between me and this family, how close we've become. And it really does um, lighten your your own burdens when you're more focused on what you can do for other people rather than yes. focusing on what you're going through and what problems you have um, if you're just trying to help others. That is, I can tell you, I mean, you and I both have five kids, but yes. you have multiples. Yes, I do. I have twin girls. So I'm like, I don't have multiples, but man, I remember friends swooping in when I first had, you know, when I had my baby and being there even just for a little while to come and help. And it is such, such a, just a deep relief as a woman, as a mom, as a wife, like for someone to come in and just be so gracious and so helpful. Yes. Yeah. I, I'm like, that is incredible. So tell me, how has this impacted you personally? With the helping the family or just trying yep, getting to... you out of your, because you have dealt with social anxiety. Yes. So now you're kind of flipping it and you are now taking it. I mean, you're turning into the PTA president. <laughs> that is a huge jump from someone who struggled for her most of her life with anxiety and now you're able to open up and do this how so tell me how has this how has this really deepened your your own personal belief system or your own your own thoughts about yourself yeah so i've i've kind of come to the conclusion with myself and my own state of mind that i'm always going to have social anxiety i kind of feel like for me there's no cure. And I've, I've, I've done therapy, um, which I, I'm, I'm not ashamed of, you know, therapy is an amazing resource (laughs) and it really does. It really helps. And it's helped me so much. That's good. And yes. And, and kind of owning it in itself of just being able to admit I have social anxiety is so empowering just to admit who you are and that it's okay to be that way was a huge milestone for me and kind of made me be like, okay, it's okay. Like, it's okay yeah. to have this. And the people I've opened up to have also been very gracious and very kind and non-judgmental about it. And with doing the pageant, that was one of the reasons why I did do it because I knew as a mom to, so my kids, I have four daughters, one son, and I, you know, we always tell our kids, you know, what to do, how to act and tell them about examples. But I knew it was time for me to be that example that my kids were heading into the crazy teenage years and going to be having, you know, identity crisis and trying to fit in and who they are and scared to do things. And, you know, growing up is hard. And I wanted to show them, actually show them that if I can do something that is so out of my realm of being comfortable of what my, you know, my 17 year old self never would have had the guts to do. If I can do that, then you can do that. I want to be that role model for them. And doing the pageant was definitely hard. There was definitely times that I would go to pageant events practices or get togethers. And my anxiety was so off the charts. And when I would get there, I would be kind of quiet, which is normal for people with social anxiety. You get very quiet. You kind of hang back, um, kind of more observe what's going on than actually being involved. 
And I know for me, a lot of times when that has happened, you know, people are like, oh, my heck, what, what is wrong with this girl? Like, why is she not participating? Why is she even here? Oh, obviously, she's thinks highly of herself. She can't even, you know, associate with anybody. And that was so not the case. It was the, it was actually in reverse where I didn't feel worthy enough yeah. to participate. I felt so out of my comfort zone and so, you know, on display and uncomfortable but I knew if I needed to change, if I needed to grow, if I needed to get a handle on it, I had to push myself. I have to. And once I made that choice of, you know what, I'm not going to, I'm not just going to admit it, but I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to, I'm going to actually take steps to do something about it where it's not going to hold me back. And so when opportunities now arise, like when I was offered, Hey, will you take over the book fair? Hey, will you be PTA president? Hey, will you do this? My very first, you know, my, my knee jerk reaction is no, no. I don't want to because I don't, because some days I'm really good and I can handle people and other days that honestly, it just, it, it's like this thing that just goes on your, in your mind. Some days, some days it's okay. And some days you really struggle and you never know when it's going to hit you. Um, But it's funny because almost immediately when I wake up in the mornings, I can tell, is this going to be a bad, a bad anxiety day? Or if I have something to go do, I can kind of tell, you know, is my anxiety out of control is, am I going to be okay? Am I going to be quiet? It's, I can totally feel it coming on. And so I, I learned to recognize it and try to handle it and get it under control. Um, but now that I've started saying yes to these things and seeing what I am capable of, it's really, I've surprised myself of how capable I really am where before I didn't think I was. Yes. I didn't think I was. And it's amazing how when you start getting out of your comfort zone and seeing how strong you really are and what you are capable of, it's very empowering yep. and kind of like growing up and kind of feeling like you have somewhat of control of yourself and what you're doing, which I mean, in itself is just a huge weight off my shoulders. And so, you know, I, there's definitely days I still struggle, but now I don't second guess myself as much. Even if I feel those, that anxiety creeping up, I still, you know, have a little pep talk and say, nope, if you can do this, this, and this, then you, then you've got this, you are totally capable of doing this. And I just try to remind myself of that. I think it's so important for us as women to understand that, like you were saying, you're like someone who is maybe sitting back quiet, you know, not participating. It's not it's not a personal issue. They, they don't have problems with anybody in the group. Yeah. They're not trying to be attention getters for real. It is in their own head. Yep. And what would you suggest to someone who doesn't deal with social anxiety? What could they do? So like, let's go back like pageant. What could someone like me who you and I were sisters in the pageant, Mm -hmm. what could someone like me have done to help you in that situation? Well, I think one biggest thing is we can't come up with our own conclusions quickly about somebody. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And I know for me, time and time again, when I'd get to know people and then I would talk to them and I'd say, you know, what was, you know, we talked about, you know, what was our, what was your first impression of me or mine of you or whatever. Yeah. And it, time and time again, it was like, oh, I thought you were so like kind of stuck up and that you didn't want to be here. And yeah. 
for whatever reason, that's where our minds go. When we see someone kind of on the outskirts, we automatically fill in the gaps and answer our own questions and just say, oh, obviously they're doing something because of this. So for sure, it'd be don't, do not assume. Don't ever assume that that is why someone's doing that. And sometimes when, you know, I know from personal experience where there's been events I've gone to or things I've been a part of and my anxiety is bad and I'm kind of doing the whole keeping back, keeping quiet. And it will take one person, just one person to kind of come up to me and just be kind and initiate that conversation. Because when you have social anxiety, honestly, it is extremely difficult to go and start up conversations when you are struggling to to the idea of going up to somebody, especially somebody you don't know and strike up a conversation. I mean, you are asking us to do something extremely terrifying because we feel awkward and we put, we put too much thought into it and we start second guessing ourselves. And then we just psych ourselves, psych ourselves out because we feel like we're not capable. We're awkward. We're weird. They're not going to think I'm, I'm, you know, a good person or they're going to be thinking what's wrong with you. And it's just easier just to stand back. And so it's, it's amazing what one person can do by just coming up and saying, hi, how are you? Like, tell me about yourself. And every time that that's happened where someone has just kind of opened that door a little bit, it relieves that anxiety in me. And I know for for me, it's, you know, I should be able to pull myself out of it. And sometimes I do. Sometimes I totally pull myself but out of it. But it's hard. But it's very, very hard. Yeah. And it makes it even harder when people know you're being standoffish and they know that you're being quiet. And so they're like, well, if she's going to be quiet, then I'm going to be quiet too. I'm not going to approach her. You know, we, we kind of pass the buck of, oh, it's not my problem. And I know, you know, we're, we're all in this together and we all have so many struggles and things. And you, you have no idea what that person in the corner might be, might be going through. And I remember at nationals. So with my social anxiety, I knew I would struggle at nationals. I was all by myself. It was the first time I've ever traveled alone without any member of my family. We were gone for 10 days and I knew I was going to struggle with my anxiety. So for days leading up to it, I would have conversations with myself and then I set goals for myself. Not My focus was not, I have to win a crown. I have to win a crown. My focus was what are personal goals I can set for myself? And one of them was I needed to meet a new person every day, which is very hard because like I said, approaching people I don't know can be very difficult. And so going up and making sure I introduced myself to people every single day was big for me. So big for me. But I achieved that goal of doing that because I knew if I could do that, then I could do so much more. And um, I also told myself that if I saw anybody that was that I thought was kind of struggling or was kind of on the back burner or not participating as, as much that I was going to befriend that person. And one day during lunch, I noticed a girl sitting all by herself and I was sitting at a table full of girls and this girl was just kind of sitting off to the side by herself eating lunch. And it struck a nerve with me because I, I've been that girl. I've been yeah. that girl that has been sitting by myself and you, 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 whether you feel awkward or whatever, anxiety, whatever. And I just got up and went over and sat with her and just talked to her for like 10, 15 minutes, 
got to know her. She was so sweet, so kind. And it's, it was a huge struggle for me. Huge. It was a huge personal growth moment for me because it was terrified. And I, I literally sat there for, for like five minutes debating, should I, shouldn't I, should I, shouldn't I, what if I go over and, you know, it doesn't go very well, or she doesn't want to be bothered or like the whole psych yourself out, you overthink things. And I just got brave enough just to get up and go talk to her. And I made a friend because of that. And she was so sweet and she was so kind and I was so proud of myself. And that's the kind of people I want to be around. That's kind of the, that's the type of person I want to be and an example of. And, you know, I'm not perfect. Nobody is perfect. But, you know, if we if we try to always be on the lookout of, you know, what can I do better or what what can I do to help somebody else and not focus on yourself, then we kind of get out of our own way. Yeah. And make a difference, even if it's just the, the slightest little difference. I... I love that story. I have heard that story before you and I chatting uh-huh. about nationals and, and to this day, so I'm running in the pageant again this year and we have the most women, like we have the most, the biggest class that we've had in a couple years. Yes. And I have set myself a goal that every time we get together, I get out of my bubble, which is actually, it is very hard for me, even yeah. though I do well, but I made a goal to reach out and meet a new Sash sister at every activity, at least one. I love it. And I chose to do that because of your example of this story. So I need you to know that you have wholeheartedly given me an entire be the good moment due to your example. And that's what this is all about. So not only... Are you pushing yourself and you're getting out of your own head, basically, but (laughs) you are helping out in the school. If someone wants to get involved in their school, now, obviously we're talking, I mean, everywhere. Yeah. If somebody wants to get involved in the school, where do they start? What, what can a mom, okay, like for me, I actually don't volunteer in my kids' school. I was like, I'm probably going to get the wrath for saying that, but that's. (laughs) That is the truth. That is not my strong point at this moment in my life. And, but if someone did want to get started and wanted to help out, who should they contact? So every, every school is different with what programs and like needs they have, of course. But in our school, particularly, I know that kind of who holds the golden ticket with what needs to be helped, what needs to be organized is the PTA. And if you don't know who's on the PTA, then you can obviously go go to the main office, go directly to the principal, go to your kids' teacher, send yeah. them an, send them an email. You know, teachers um, are really good about being in contact with teachers or with parents, and so you can contact them and say, "Hey, you know what? I I want to be involved." And you know, that's okay that you're not there to help out a ton. That's the season of life that you're in right now. And that's totally fine. And whether you can go there every week, once a month or help out with, you know, one school party a year, it's, it's just something that whatever you're capable of doing and you, and just reaching out. And I know um, for my kids as teachers, I've reached out to every single one of them individually and just shoot, shot them a little email and said, Hey, this is whose parent I am. I am more than happy to be a room parent to to help with a party, to bring supplies. Like you let me know 
um, what is going on. And if your school has a, so, a social media account, follow the social media account. Because usually mm. on there, they'll let you know when they need volunteers or if yeah. there's an event or stuff like that. I know our school is great about social media, which we actually just started this year um, in an effort to get more people at the school, more volunteers, more help to try to reach more people. And, you know, teachers are so overwhelmed. And so not not very often can they, you know, have the time to sit and email every single parent and and reach out. And so if you can kind of take that first step, it it alleviates a lot of stress on them and principals too. Of course, I've sat down and had one-on-one talks with my kids as principals and just said, you know, hey, what what can I what can I do? I'm able to help. Obviously I can't be here every day or whatever, but I can do something. I want to do something. And it's it's it makes me feel good. It lets me know what's going on in my kids' school. And my kids love it. They love seeing me at the school. When I was doing the book fair, they come and visit me every single day and see what I was doing. They, I actually had Ann um, Forrester, the current Mrs. Utah American, come and do an event at our school last week that I helped out in. And it was so much fun. And she made such a huge impact. And um, so whether it's something like that or something as small as saying, hey, I see you have a party coming up. Can I, I will supply, you know, the, the, the treats for it. And you send your kid with a box of cookies, you know, for the yeah. school party. That's something that, you know, is small, but it makes a huge difference and it keeps you, keeps you involved. It, it helps somebody out and um, be also be familiar with, you know, does your school have a community council? Does your school have a hope squad? And same thing. If you don't have the answers to those, go to the secretaries, go to your kids' teachers and find that out. Because before I got put on the community council, I had no idea what a community council even was. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so familiarizing yourself with all those little things then the doors open and then you can kind of, you know, take a step back and like look at all these things and then decide, okay, what areas can I help out in? I love it. That is how you roll from point A to point B. You just get, you literally just put yourself out there. Yep. Rochelle, I can't thank you enough. Thank you so much for hopping on with me and talking because this is such an important topic. It It is. is so important that we, that we are there for each other. Yes. Especially and with the that past crazy few years, exactly. you know, <laughs> and I feel like, you know, it's, we always talk about your mental health, your mental health, your mental yeah. health. This is, this is spot on where it is an important factor that us as adults, we still need to be kind and we need yes. to reach out and make friends with people because I feel like as adults, sometimes that's harder to do. Absolutely. We always push our kids to do it. But for us, you know, we need to do it too. We need to yep. show up. We need to be the example to our children. So yep. thank you so much. I just love you to death. And oh. I can't wait till I get to see you again. I love you. I'm so happy you asked me to do this. You are doing amazing, girl. Thank you for joining me on the Be The Good podcast. Make sure to comment, share, like, do all the things you know what you need to do. I love you guys.